Hey friends, today we are talking about ways to have meaningful conversations with your kids. I know this is a really important topic for a lot of parents and sometimes it feels like pulling teeth trying to have conversations with your kids and get more than just a one word answer. And so in this episode, we're going to break down creative ways to hopefully open up that door of communication for you guys. We're going to talk about six ways to do that all coming from a little bit of a different angle and a different perspective, hopefully a little bit different than what you've usually thought of or tried, or maybe trying it in a slightly different way so that you can get some results. This is a pre-recorded talk that I gave on social media. So there's going to be moments in this recording where I say hi to people as they pop in and show up on the live, but um, lots of really great information in here. I can't wait for you to hear it. So just wanted to give you a heads up about that. And yeah, can't wait to hear what you think. So let's get to it. Hi, I'm Regina Boyd, licensed marriage and family therapist and licensed mental health counselor, and your host of the Connecting Out Loud podcast. Here we talk about connections with our families as they relate to our mental health and Catholic faith, all while connecting you with those you love the most. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Let's dive in. Hi guys, how you doing? I'm going to give everybody a second to jump on, but today we are talking about how to have meaningful relationships with your kids. So the first recommendation I would give Open-ended questions. I think open-ended questions are so important for having a meaningful conversation. It's a great way to lead the conversation off. It gives an opportunity for the conversation to continue. A lot of times we all know that age-old trap as parents, we want to say, how was your day? And it's very easy to get that one-word response back. We all know it. We've heard it a million times. Good, fine, or maybe just a grunt or a groan of some sort. (laughs) And so one way to avoid responses like that is to ask open-ended questions. What was the best part of your day? Or um, who did you, you know, who, what was your favorite class of the day? So that can still be a one-word answer, but it at least is a little creative way of approaching it. So anytime we can have an open-ended question that gives, allows for more than just a yes or no answer, that's a great way to start off any type of conversation. So we have to challenge ourselves to think about that and get a little creative with it. Um, Okay, and when we are asking questions, we wanna make sure that we're asking them in a positive way. So that means avoiding any type of potential negative interpretation, in order to prevent some defensiveness. So for example, if you have a child who comes home or you see them instantly, we get into protective mode and we want to say, what's wrong? What's bothering you? And that can sometimes put our children on the defensive to where they just automatically claim up and say, nothing's wrong. I'm fine. And uh, one way to avoid that is maybe to ask uh, in a different way, what's, what's something you're grateful for now? So it's one way to pull them out of that slump And it's also a way to tune into maybe what's going on and a way to hopefully get at it from a different angle. Um, Being consistent, I think, is huge as well. So lots of families, um, by the way, if you're just joining, hello, we're coming up with ideas. So if you have any ideas of your own of how to engage in more fruitful conversations with your kids, please comment. I'd love to hear what you guys do. Um, but being consistent, making a habit of it is huge. So I've heard of families who, you know, share at the dinner table at dinner time. they go around and they might say 
the best part of their day, a highlight of their day, or when they're in the car riding together, that's an opportunity for everyone to share, right? You kind of have people sitting with you, can't really go anywhere. So it's an opportunity to take advantage of. And um, I think the key with this is to remain consistent. So there's been lots of families that I've worked with who've tried this and they say, well, I've asked open-ended questions. I've done X, Y, Z. I try not to appear defensive or negative and I still get the one word answers, Regina. It's not really working. And there's lots of families that I've seen who stick with it. So if you're willing to be consistent and get into a routine of some sort where your family and your kids know to expect, well, you know, every Thursday at dinner or every day at dinner, um, we go around and everyone shares about their day, including mom and dad. If everybody can share, then eventually what I've seen is if you stick with it, if you're consistent, eventually the kids pick up on the message and they know that the question's coming and eventually they give in. They might resist in the beginning, but eventually they're almost expecting it. They want to hear what you have to say and eventually they'll slip right in and start offering their own uh, contributions as well. So that's huge. You want to stay consistent. So these are all ways to lay that foundation to make sure you're having that good conversation. If you're watching live, push one. If you're watching the replay, push two. The next piece I would add is ask their opinion. This is so important to affirming the dignity of your child, to influencing them to be more independent, to own themselves as their own person. It fosters that independence and it helps them express their own individual unique opinion. And I think it's so important because it gives them confidence. A lot of times, even, even if it means you hear something that is scary, that might be against your values as a family, something that you are not wanting to instill that might be contrary to what you're trying to raise your child to, how they're trying to view them, help them view the world. But it's so important, even at a young age, you know, a four-year-old, a five-year-old, when they start rambling on about things that don't really make sense, you know, they're learning the art of conversation at that age. Um, and they're telling you stories that are hard to follow. As much as you can be patient and stay there and know that they're beginning to learn the skills of conversation, they learn that from you as their role model, as a parent and a guide. And so the more that you can be attentive, hey, Tina, how you doing? The more that you can be attentive in those moments, it fosters and teaches them and shows them how to have conversations into adulthood. So even sitting through those painful conversations when they're young, even if it might be a little uh, hard to follow, but as they're older, what, what do you think about what's happening with COVID? What do you think about the pandemic? And letting them express their opinion is such a beautiful opportunity to affirm their own unique individual person and to let them know that you matter, you have value, you are a part of this family and we care about what you have to say. You have, you offer, what you have to offer is important to us. And so the more you can do that and try to bite your tongue <laughs> um, and avoid the teaching lesson in that moment and give space for everyone to share their opinion, there'll be time for the teaching later, but the more you can just give the floor when it's appropriate, um, that'll be so helpful down the road that you can do that. And then obviously a big one, we all know this, removing distractions. So TV, phone, work, whatever it might be, it's really hard to have a meaningful conversation if we're distracted and getting notifications or whatever it might be. So really making sure we set aside time. Timers are great for this. I love using a timer. It's great for little children as well. Um, 
I'm just saying, all right, for the next five minutes, we're all going to focus and we're going to have a very intentional conversation. And you set the timer and that gives a limit on it so that we don't have to feel like this is dragging on too long. Or if we do have responsibilities we have to get to later, we have the ability to do that. So you can make it as long or short as you want, five minutes, 30 minutes, and just really have some fun with it, depending on the age of your kids and the family. So um, possible questions to ask. By the way, if anyone, please, if you guys have any ideas, I'd love to hear them. But one question you can ask, so these are food for thought ways to start the conversation, is um, what's one thing you wish you knew how to do? I love this question for preteens, teens. What's one thing you wish you knew how to do? It's a fun way to ask and sort of get inside their head. And you might be surprised by the answer, but it's also a fun way to ask about extracurricular activities. So instead of saying, hey, do you want to play, you know, such and such sport this year? You could say, what's one thing you wish you knew how to do? And that might um, show an interest that they have that you never would have guessed and maybe enroll them in that act activity instead. Um, another great question is, what makes blank so interesting? Tell me more about blank. You can fill in the blank with anything that they're interested in, Minecraft, gardening, um, cooking. What makes that so interesting? Tell me more about that. Now, again, depending on the age, that question may or may not sit well <laughs> with certain children. Um, but I think it's a really a per very ideal open-ended question. It's really hard to give a yes or no answer for that um, right away. Another great question, what's the best thing that happened today? So this is a perfect question when you're sitting around the table. So a lot of people call this highs or lows. What was the high part of your day? What was the low part? Some people call it roses and thorns or peaks and pits. So there's lots of fun themes you can put around it as a family. But again, if this can be a habit as everyone goes around the table and just knows that we're going to share a high point of our day or low point of our day. Um, one, it's opening up, we're sharing, we're learning about what's on our hearts. Maybe we can even have an opportunity to ask for prayer from our family um, if we're struggling with something. But it also is a really easy way for people to have something in mind when they come to dinner. Everyone in the family knows we're going to talk about this and your kids will pick up on that real quick if you stick to it. Um, let's see. Oh, yes. If you could solve any problem in the world, what would it be? Or even a better question, if you could solve a problem right now, what would you do? This is a great question because it really gets them thinking. Um, we might get a lot of big, vague answers like world peace, and that's okay. But you might get an answer that maybe inspires some type of entrepreneurial career type of thing. Um, it could be something that you could actually do together. It could inspire an idea that as a family, well, yeah, why don't we pack up some meals and go drive downtown and give out some blankets? You know, it's cold tonight. So you never know what might come out of those questions. And it's a really creative way to just, again, get into their head and find out what's going on. Let's see. Um, for little kids, this is a fun one. What's the best superpower you could have? The worst superpower? I love that question. It's just a fun, creative way to see um, what they might come up with, what to say. And it's a great way to be playful with one another as well. We don't always have to have serious conversations every single time, but it's still meaningful because it's quality time together. Um, I really also like asking about a favorite memory, whether it's a favorite birthday memory, a favorite holiday memory, that can be another way to find out what really makes that person tick. What is it about that 
holiday or that birthday or that situation that was memorable for them and meaningful for them specifically. And a lot of times we're usually surprised by these answers. We often think it might be something we put a lot of work into. And then we find out it was, you know, after the party was over and everyone had gone, just hanging out as a family and spending that time together. So you really never know. And it's always a fun question to find out and ask. And then lastly, I would say one great question to ask is what is our family good at? Who are we as a family? So for example, um, you know, in our own family, I don't know, I would say maybe we're slightly adventurous type of people. We're not Mount Kilimanjaro people <laughs> adventurous, but we're kind of on the go a little bit. We always have something to do. It's hard to find us sitting at home. Um, and so that's a little bit insight into my own family. Hey, Emory, how you doing? Um, my in-laws, I would say they really have a lot of values of education, learning, and hospitality. So when you're with them, you just know that these are two things that are very valuable and important on that side of the family. And then my side of the family, there's a lot of optimism, a strong work ethic. So it's really interesting to see how my two parents came together with that optimism and work ethic. So it's kind of funny when you think about, you know, who are the Boyds or who are the Matoyers or whoever, your last name, who are the Smiths, right? And what is it that your child identifies as what you are? What, what makes our family unique? What is it that we have characteristically that makes us different from other families? What are we really good at? And that's just a great way to instill a sense of identity and community and strong um, sense of togetherness in your family. And so that could be a fun question, again, to find out what their perception is. And it could be lead into a great conversation around meaning and purpose and how we want to um, project ourselves to the world. So those are just a few ideas to get you started. So remember, open-ended questions be consistent, make a habit of it, and um, get creative. Just see whatever you can do to get inside their head. So if you have any other ideas, please let us know in the comments, and um, we'll see you guys next time. If you have enjoyed this episode, you can find more Connecting Out Loud content on our Facebook and Instagram pages. As always, I appreciate each and every review, so if you can take some time to rate and review this show, I read each one, and I love hearing from you. Be intentional and connect out loud.